What we need is a few good taters. What's taters, Brussels? What's taters, huh? Potatoes. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Lovely big golden chips with a nice piece of fried fish. <laughs> Even you couldn't say no to that. Oh, yes, we could. Spoiling nice fish. Give it to us. And wriggling. You keep nasty chips. You're hopeless. G'day guys and welcome to Aussie English. My objective here is to teach you guys the English spoken down under. So whether you want to speak like a fair dinkum Aussie, or you just want to understand what the flippin' hell we're on about when we're having a yarn, you've come to the right place. So sit back, grab a cuppa, and enjoy Aussie English. How are you guys going? Welcome to this episode of Aussie English. Hopefully, I've got some Lord of the Rings fans out there who have seen the scene that I just played for you guys and get the reference to Potato. Hope you're going well, though. Hope you are having a great day. This is the Aussie English Podcast, the number one podcast for anyone and everyone wanting to learn Australian English and whomever would like to learn about life down under, culture here, history here, the environment, everything like that. This is your number one place for all things Australia. So, I'm your host, Pete. Welcome. If it's your first time, it's great to have you here. And if you are a multiple episode listener aficionado, welcome back, my friend. Welcome back. Remember, guys, if you would like the transcripts and the downloads for each of these podcast episodes, because you would like to read and listen at the same time, and you would like to use the premium podcast player that reads the transcript or shows you the transcript whilst the audio is playing, you can do that on your phone, you can do it on a tablet, on a computer. Don't forget to sign up for the premium podcast membership, which you can get at aussieenglish.com.au forward slash podcast. And if you would like any of my courses, you can find them all at aussieenglish.com.au forward slash courses. And if you would like to join my academy, where you'll get access to hundreds of short courses based on these expression episodes. There are interview courses, natural English conversation courses, as well as weekly lessons with teacher Ian at the moment. Three of these 30-minute lessons every week where you get to meet other students and practice your speaking skills on Zoom. Make sure that you sign up for the Academy at aussieenglish.com.au forward slash academy. With all that aside, guys, I hope you're going well. I hope the world is not too crazy where you are. I hope you're able to get out and about, stay fit, stay healthy, and keep away from the COVID, the virus. So, let's get into today's expression. Today's expression is a couch potato. A couch potato. I wonder if you're a couch potato. I wonder if you heard this expression and know how to use the expression a couch potato. I have definitely become a bit of a couch potato since being stuck in lockdown thanks to COVID. So, we'll talk about that later on, but let's start with a joke, okay? And as usual, I tried to think, all right, so the expressions about couches, about potatoes, uh, potatoes, all right, I'll try and find a potato joke, right? 
not that easy. You'd be surprised at how hard it is to find a good potato joke. All right, here's the joke. Why did the sea monster eat 12 ships that were carrying potatoes? Why did the sea monster eat 12 ships that were carrying potatoes? Because nobody can eat just one potato ship. (laughs) So true. I am totally addicted to salt and vinegar chips. If you guys have not tried salt and vinegar chips, do yourself a favour. Buy a packet of Kettle's salt and vinegar chips from Woolworths or Coles. Wrap your laughing gear around those chips. Eat them, you know, wrap your mouth around them and let me know what you think. But yeah, the joke here is why did the sea monster eat 12 ships that were carrying potatoes? A ship carrying a potato or, well, multiple potatoes, you would imagine more than one, would be called a potato ship. And the joke here is that, you know, you can't only eat a single chip. And there's a pronunciation joke there with the word chip and ship where you're saying potato ship instead of potato chip. Okay, so, yeah, it's so true, though. You go to parties, there are potato chips everywhere. I think in Britain, they would call them crisps. We would call them just potato chips or just chips for short. And if you start eating them, you generally keep going until the packet or the bowl of chips is empty. Anyway, let's keep going. So, the expression today is a couch potato. A couch potato. Let's explain these different words. I'm sure you know probably both of them already now, right? But a couch is a sofa, a long upholstered piece of furniture for several people to sit on at the same time. So, at the moment, we have two couches in our living room. We like to watch TV when we're sitting on the couch, right? There are couches. They could be covered in leather. They could be covered in other kinds of fabric, couches, sofas. And a potato, I am certain that almost... I would imagine all of you have had a potato before, but a potato is a starchy plant tuber, which is one of the most important food crops in the world. It's cooked and eaten as a vegetable, and it originates from Peru and Bolivia, I believe, in South America. Who'd have guessed it? Interestingly, I thought I would, I would sort of look into potatoes a little bit here. The family is informally known as the nightshade or potato family. So, the family includes the datura and jimson weed, eggplants, mandrake, deadly nightshade, which is belladonna, which is a very poisonous plant, other plants like capsicum, paprika, chili pepper, potatoes, tobacco, tomato, and petunias. There you go, right? And legend has it that when Agrippina the Younger hired the serial killer Locusta to kill Claudius, she used nightshade, right? So, she used one of the plants in the potato family. How crazy is that? And I was thinking, is that why green potatoes are poisonous? Because I remember growing up and my parents always saying, don't eat potatoes if they're green. And I looked this up and the reality is that green potatoes contain high levels of a toxin called solanine which can cause nausea, headaches, and neurological problems. And potatoes have naturally produced this in small amounts as a defense against insects. But the levels increase with prolonged exposure to light and warm temperatures. So, that is why potatoes at the surface of the soil turn green. So, there you go. Anyway, the definition of the expression a couch potato, it refers to a person who does very little exercise, if any, and watches a lot of TV, so spends a lot of time on their couch. 
And rumour has it that the expression a couch potato originated in the Americas in 1970s, in the 1970s, when a comic artist drew two idle, inactive and lazy characters that he named couch potatoes. And since then, this phrase has become popular worldwide. And it's an insult, a bit of a mild insult for people who spend too much time watching TV, watching the telly and putting on a bit of weight. Anyway, so let's go through some examples, guys, of how you would use the expression a couch potato, a couch potato. Example number one. So, when I was a kid and got to my teenage years, when I reached adolescence and the school I was sent to made it, you know, a requirement that in year eight, when I was 13 to 14 years old, all the students needed to have a laptop. So, my parents had to fork out for a, I think it was a Toshiba laptop at the time, probably had like one gigabyte of space on it. And needless to say, whilst we did use it for schoolwork occasionally, most of the time we were messaging each other in class though, or playing games, surfing the internet. And we also ended up spending most of our time at home gaming on it one way or another with our friends. We used to have things like LAN parties where you would all get together, connect your computers on the network and play games like Red Alert or Worms. And as a result, a lot of us ended up couch potatoes, particularly after school or on weekends. Instead of going outside and exercising, we would be couch potatoes. We would spend a lot of our time in our rooms, sitting on couches or on chairs, relaxing, playing video games, drinking soft drink and probably eating potato chips. Example number two, imagine that you get injured at work. So, imagine you're a tradie, right? Someone who's a tradesman. You work as a sparky, someone who's an electrician, or maybe as a chippy, a carpenter, and you work with machinery. So, maybe maybe one day you've got to do some digging and you're in an excavator or a bobcat. These are two sort of different machines used for digging up dirt on construction sites. And whilst you're working, you dig up this huge rock and it gets stuck in the machine. You step out of the machine, you try and move it, and it ends up falling on your leg and injuring you. So, you're laid up at home for a few weeks, resting up and trying to heal up so that you can return to work. And whilst you're doing so, you're a bit of a couch potato. Not really because you have a choice, obviously, because your leg's injured, you can't really go for a run, but you have to take it easy, you've got to relax, you've got to heal up. And to do so, you sort of park it in front of the TV, lift your leg up, Eat food, relax, watch your favourite TV series and become a real couch potato. The third example here is that my life at the moment is somewhat couch potato-ish, right? We can use that suffix ish to mean somewhat like a couch potato. So, at at the moment, my life's a little bit like that because after finishing my doctorate and PhD... I went full-time into working on Aussie English and producing the podcast and the website and the YouTube channel. And as a result, I've become a lot less active. So, I've become a bit of a couch potato. Although, tell you what, I don't really watch much TV. I wish I could watch more TV. (laughs) So, this is also because I now have a family and it's hard to justify or be allowed to leave the house and exercise for long periods of time because I have other responsibilities like my son and my wife and cooking food and cleaning the house and doing all those sorts of things when I'm not working. So, since having a family, I've gained weight. I've developed a bit of a dad bod a dad body, and it's probably due to me becoming a bit of a couch potato. I'm having a bit of a couch potato-esque or ish lifestyle at the moment. 
So, remember, guys, that is the expression, a couch potato, which is a person who does little to no exercise and watches a lot of TV and may become a little soft around the edges, may gain a little bit of weight because they, you know, aren't very active. Now, let's get into the listen and repeat exercise. So, this is where I'm going to say the expression and then I'm going to use it in a number of phrases conjugating through the different pronouns in English. And it is a perfect opportunity for you to repeat what I say out loud and work on your English pronunciation. Okay? So, listen and repeat after me. A. A couch. A couch potato. 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 My kids are couch potatoes. Your kids are couch potatoes. His kids are couch potatoes. Her kids are couch potatoes. Our kids are couch potatoes. Their kids are couch potatoes. Its kids are couch potatoes. Good work. Now, one thing I'll mention there regarding pronunciation is the fact that the R in the words your, her, our, their, and are all disappear. So, in every single instance here that I can see in my notes, all of the R's are followed by a consonant and thus aren't pronounced in Australian English using my pronunciation. Your kids, her kids, our kids, their kids, kids are couch, kids are couch. So, that is because Australian English is a non-rhotic dialect of English where we only pronounce R's in front of vowels. Whether that occurs between words or within words, that's the rule. So, remember, guys, if you want to learn more about pronunciation and improve your Australian pronunciation, keep an eye out for my Australian English pronunciation course, which may be out right now when you are listening to this, double check, or it'll be out in a few weeks. But I'm currently leveling that course up, trying to add more content to it and improve it to make it more interesting and effective at reducing your accent and improving your pronunciation in English. Anyway, guys, let's go through the Aussie fact and then we will finish up. So, I was thinking, I want to talk about something related to this expression, a couch potato. Couch was a bit of a dead end. I didn't think I could find anything decent about couches in Australian cultural history. So, instead, I decided to talk about the potato blight in 1845, 1846 and Irish immigration to Australia. So, it's mostly about Irish immigration, but the potato blight, the potato famine, the great famine, the Irish famine that occurred in Europe in the 1800s was a big reason, okay? So, let's get into it. 
So, Irish people have been coming to Australia, immigrating to Australia since the very first fleet arrived in Australia in the late 1700s. Later on, during the years of 1848 and 1850, many Irish men and women came to Australia as workers or settlers because of the Irish famine caused by potato blight and the harsh years in Ireland afterwards. The Irish famine was caused by a great number of potato crops failing due to a disease called potato blight caused by a war a mould called Phyophthora infestans, whereby the leaves, roots and tubers of the potato plant would be destroyed. Potatoes originally came from Peru and Bolivia in South America and were brought over to Europe after the Spanish conquistadors conquered Peru in 1536. Fast forward 300 odd years and the potato was the primary crop of Ireland, leaving them susceptible to the potato blight disease when it made its way over from the new world in America to the old world in Europe. As Ireland so heavily depended on this monoculture of potatoes for feeding its citizens, when the potato crops failed multiple years in a row, people were faced with starvation. The choice was either to stay and die of hunger or immigrate overseas. The population of Ireland plummeted by 20 to 25% as 1 million people are estimated to have died of starvation during the Irish famine and another million people chose to migrate to places like Britain, Canada, America and Australia. That said, Irish people had been coming to Australia since it was first colonised and continue to come to our shores up to the present day. Between the years of 1787 and 1868, 40,000 Irish men and women convicts were transported to Australia, out of a total 160,000 convicts that were brought to Australia in this period. So, nearly a quarter of them were Irish. Despite coming here as criminals, many were actually prisoners of war, mainly those who'd fought in the 1798 Irish Rebellion for independence. Interestingly, Many of the first Irish convicts and soldiers to arrive in Australia were actually non-English speakers, instead being native speakers of Irish Gaelic. Due to the fact that most of the Irish were Catholics compared to the British Protestants, and that they often spoke a different language, there was usually a great deal of friction between those of Irish and English origin, which sometimes erupted into violent conflicts. One such example was the Castle Hill Convict Rebellion in 1804, where 300 Irish convicts revolted against the British colonial authorities. During the Irish Famine, it's estimated that about 4,000 female orphans from Irish workhouses were shipped to Australia in this period to meet the demand for domestic servants and probably balance out the number of men in the colony. They were met with mixed treatment. Some were abused or exploited by their employers and others, and many ended up dying in destitute poverty, whilst others managed to move upward in society through things like marriages, often surviving their husbands and living to ripe old ages in widowhood. Between the years of 1830 and 1914, more than 300,000 Irish people migrated as free immigrants who paid their own way or were assisted immigrants aided by the Australian colonial government or organisations who covered the costs. 
There are no official figures on the total number of Australians with Irish background. However, in the 2011 Australian Census, there were 80,000 Irish-born Australians living down under and more than 2 million people who self-declared themselves Irish, with a real estimate of about 30% of the Australian population having some partial Irish ancestry, totalling some 7 million people. The echoes of Australia's Irish ancestry can still be felt today down under culturally. Catholic churches are a dime a dozen dotted throughout the continent. The Irish language has left its mark on Australian slang. For example, the word Sheila was originally an Irish woman's name, but has since been adopted to mean any woman, although very informally. Or the word larrikin, for example, meaning a mischievous person, which came from the word larking, meaning getting up to mischief, but with Irish pronunciation sounded like larrikin. And every year you'll see loads of Australians running around in green clothing adorned with shamrocks and usually holding a pint of Guinness in one hand on the 17th of March when celebrating St. Patrick's Day. So there you go, guys. That's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit about Irish history and Australia. I hope you're staying safe and sound and snug as a bug in a rug. (laughs) Maybe you saw that on Instagram recently. And uh, yeah, I will chat to you soon. Anyway, see you later. G'day, mate. Thanks for listening to the Aussie English Podcast. If you'd like to boost your English whilst also supporting the podcast and allowing me to continue to bring you awesome content, please consider joining the Aussie English Academy at www.aussieenglish.com.au. You'll get unlimited access to the premium podcast as well as all of my advanced English courses and you'll also be able to join three weekly speaking calls with a real English teacher. Thanks so much, mate, and I'll see you soon.